Father, we want to thank you again for bringing us together to bless us through your word and the sacrament. We thank you for a good beginning of our children's Sunday school and the adult Sunday school and all other programs to advance your kingdom. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will be with us even as we go through this season. And we are asking, O oh Lord, that in the message of today, you will reassure us of your presence with us and give us courage to continue in the journey which we have started with you. These and many other things we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Let me, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, welcome all of you again to this divine service and to appreciate God for the grace he has given us to be in his presence. We thank God that the Sunday school has started both for the children and the adults. And then I want to say that all of you look gorgeous today in this beautiful outfit that displays or that display the logo of our church and our parish. I pray that as we continue this journey with the Lord, the grace to finish well, the Lord will grant to each and every one of us. Today, we celebrate the Holy Cross. Though I need to say that this is celebrated every 14th day of September. But then, we have decided to move it to today as we have started a Sunday school, both for the adults and also for the children. When we celebrate the Holy Cross, it is expedient in a way to talk little about the cross. And so today, I will talk very briefly, like I told Father Sean, it's going to be a brief sermon. I will talk very briefly on the Holy Cross. We celebrate the Holy Cross today, which comes up every September 14, as I've said, and it does remind us that the cross is the principal symbol of our religion. During this time, we recall the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the redeeming benefits of his passion and death. The cross is a sign both of Christ himself and the faith of Christians. This can be established in the words of Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 6 and verse 14. I, I quote, But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me and I to the world. The clearer picture of the cross was given in the hymn composed by George Bernard, an Anglican hymn composer and preacher 
a native of Youngstown in Ohio tied to the old rugged cross. If you do not know much about what the cross means and then you encounter this hymn and you go over it from stanza one to the last stanza, you have a clearer picture of what the cross truly means. And then I'm going to bring the hymn to us, not in singing, because I do not know how to sing very well, but then I will go over the words of the hymn. The stanza one says, On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a word of love sinners was slain. What comes to your mind about the cross as you go through this first stanza of this great hymn composed by George Bernard? Then you see very clearly there that the cross is an emblem of suffering and shame. And now when you see, as Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, it means that you must be willing to suffer for the sake of Christ. You must be willing to be mocked. You must be willing even to be ridiculed because of the name of Christ. Because many people will look at you when you say, I am a Christian. Hmm, what does that mean? And they look at you in a very funny way to mock you. And that talks about the stanza two. But before I go to the stanza two, let's look at the solo of it. Which says, so I cherish the whole rugged cross. Till all my trophies at last I lay down, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. What do you see there? You see perseverance. I will cling onto that cross. It doesn't matter what happens to me. The journey is good. The journey is not good. I will cling onto the cross because there is a hope at last I'm going to get a crown. And that is the motivation in, in that. Now let's go to the stanza two. It says, Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction to, for me. For the, for the dear Lamb of God left its glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. I just said to you, in some places, in some environment, when you introduce yourself as a Christian, they look at you because the cross is despised. The cross is mocked. People do not really, again, uh, take it very seriously as of hold. And I remember when I was growing up, I'm still a very young man, but when I was much more younger, I could see the enthusiasm. I could see the seriousness. I could see the dedication of individuals who were Christians. And so they were very courageous. They were very bold. They, 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 they would not mind 
their lives to be terminated for the sake of Christ. I am a Christian and this is what I stand for. But what do we see today? This man says the cross has been despised by the world. And some people don't understand when you say where there is a life after now. They look at you, what are you talking about? I don't know what you are talking about. But then, he again comes up in the solo part, solace part of it by saying, So I cherish the whole rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. And I change it someday for a crown. In stanza 3, it says, In the old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. But on that cross, Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. What do you see there? You see it as a symbol of a salvation, as a symbol of victory for us. That Jesus Christ there, on that place, obtained for us a victory. And as we journey as Christians, and I've said it times without number, we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory that has been obtained for us. And so that was all done on that cross. And then you can see the solo part of it because of our time. Then the last, the last time that says, To the old rugged cross, I will ever be true. If shame and reproach gladly bear, then it will call me someday to my home far away where is glory we forever share. What do you see there? You can see in that very place hope of eternal life. As you embrace the cross, as you remain with the Lord, you die here, you close your eyes here, then you open your eyes over there. Where you shall be with Christ in eternity forever and ever. And so the cross, as I said, is a symbol of suffering, healing, victory, and eternal glory to come. It is then significant that we are opening our church activities for the fall today. Like a, like a church rally, Sunday school for the adults and also for the children. And other strategic things. To advance the kingdom of God. But then my direct challenge to you. Is what Jesus Christ himself said. Take up your cross. And follow me. And if you look at the college for today. You will see it very clearly there. In the latter part of it. Very, very clear there. The message is very clear and is very up to us. To receive grace. To carry our cross. And follow him. Look at that color you see there. That we receive grace. We are praying every day. For this grace of God. That we will receive this grace. To carry our cross. And then to follow him. It shows the need for every individual. To make personal commitment. To the advance of Christ's kingdom. You must be intentional to show your commitment and your contribution to the growth of the body of Christ. Pray and see what you can do in your department 
as a member of the altar gate, as a member of the lay catechist and usher, a vestry member, an acolyte, a member of the, you know, the, the, you know, the choir. You must see what am I going to contribute. Be willing to make contributions. Take giant steps by faith. And how do you do this? You do everything as unto the Lord. Not as to, you are serving the rector or you are serving any of the priest. No, as unto the Lord. When you do anything and you know that you do it as unto the Lord, then there will be inner motivation because God sees what you are doing, your effort and everything you do that no other person sees. And that is why in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, it says, Whatever you do, walk at it with all your heart as walking for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So in any department that you are in the church, do your best. To grow the body of Christ. And then know that your inheritance is from above. We are co-laborers in the vineyard of the Lord. How do you do this? Do it with all reference and humility. And then we see in the epistle of today. How Christ humbled himself. In Philippians chapter 2. When you read from verse 6. He says, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on the cross. So as you do your bit, do all with reference and humility, as Christ did also and showed us that example. How do you do it? Do it in love and togetherness. Like in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1 says, let brotherly love continue. We are walking towards the same goal. The goal is to expand the kingdom of God, to grow the body of Christ, to bring more souls to the kingdom of God. As I round off this sermon today, I'd like to remind us that the precious cross of Christ is a paradox. It is precisely in dying to ourselves that we are reborn. When you focus on that cross, the more you focus on the cross, the more you die to yourself, to yourself. It is through dying to ourselves that we find our true self making, sorry, made in the image and likeness of God. The more you behold the cross, the more you die to yourself, and the more you discover yourself, and then you understand that you are made in the likeness of God. It is through dying to ourselves that we are finally able to love God and others. When you die more to yourself, 
You are able to love God and you are able to love other people. It is through dying to ourselves that we finally find peace and true joy. It is through dying to ourselves that we are no longer obsessed with ourselves. By accepting the cross, we no longer fear suffering or death. By dying to ourselves, carrying a cross and following Christ, we can become one with him. Let us pray. Thank you again for speaking to us and for giving us that encouragement to cling to the cross. Though there may be suffering, though there may be shame, but then someday we are going to exchange it for a crown. Give us grace to do all that you have committed to our hands well. Give us grace to be courageous. Give us grace to contribute our own quota to building the body of Christ. Give us grace to finish strong. These and many other things we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.